It's difficult this, with these this glasses. This chalice doesn't quite... Um... I've got my top dad glass today. And that's because... You are I'm... a top dad. Thank you very much, sir. We're going to start with this. We, we'll, well, let's jump straight, straight into it. I've got my uh, trusty post-it. And uh, item number one is baby? Question mark. Because I believe last time we spoke, you, well, Sarah, was still pregnant. Um... And I actually listened to that last episode, and I said I was twelve hours out, but I did say it was going. It was not going to come at the weekend. It's going to come on something like a Tuesday at like eleven o'clock. So, but I meant AM. So, okay, that's Honestly, half a point. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, baby arrived, which was fantastic. So, what time? Uh, baby arrived on Tuesday at eleven twenty-one. Without going into the uh, all the details, um, Sarah went into labour at five to eleven. And you can probably tell from that maths. In the evening. In the evening. So between <clears throat> water's breaking, 25 minutes later, baby's here. And what that meant for me is when Sarah said we're not going to make it to the hospital, she really meant it. So, uh, she, she, just to jump in, she said actually that you were like, come on, get clothes on, we're going. And she's like, it's not happening. And you're like, yeah, come on. But in my defense, <laughs> she said that last time. And we got to the hospital <laughs> just fine. She was like, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it. I was like, just get your coat on, blah, blah, blah. So we called up. Um, Lynn's sorry step on can you come and watch Riley while we go to the hospital I'm not going to make it yes you are and I was just come on get a move on da 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 um, long story short no time for paramedics <laughs> no time for ambulance I end up delivering so you stepped up to the plate I stepped up I had one of those moments in a film you know where I remember standing at the end of the bed and just to set the scene um, we're actually at my house now because I'm, I'm working from home for the majority of this week popped in the office today yeah, actually, there'll be a picture of our, our so-called comfortable setup, <laughs> the fireside chat setup. So we're actually in the in the, one of my bedrooms at the moment, and uh, yeah, this is the room that it all happened in. And I remember walking to the end of the bed, and I wished that I had a shirt on. So I had that moment where I looked, I was like, "I'm gonna have to deliver this baby," and I just took my watch off and placed it on the side as if it was a simple <laughs> moment out of the film, and then got my hands dirty. Um, so yeah, delivered the baby myself. Um, just to wrap that one up, everything's happy and healthy. Um, awesome. awesome. Little Reggie arrived, and uh, yeah, everyone's over the moon. So at the moment for me, work-wise, I'm, uh, I'm working from home majority of this week, majority of next week, touching base with the office, and uh, yeah, it's all good. So what's that like then? Um, obviously, because you're working from home, yep. and it kind of, I also made a point of, because obviously our devs are in London, yep. so what's it like now that you're on kind of that end as well, and What's the whole remote working for you and having staff that are remote workers as well? Oh, yeah, okay. How does that feel? So, <laughs> so I know you said you felt quite productive this week, kind of just getting the, the extra bits done. Yeah, what was really hard stuff. is, like, now when I get an opportunity to sit with the computer, so, for example, just set the scene the last three days, uh, very, very little, like, very, very little sleep. I can um, imagine. But when I take Riley out in the morning, 5.30, 6 o'clock, so it's breakfast, Sorry, I've been staying in bed and then I've been cranking out one, two hours work and super productive of me. I think it's because I know I've got like a fixed amount of time. Like I have to get all this stuff in my inbox done in two hours. Um, and we use Slack and if anyone doesn't know Slack, it's like a messaging platform. And I've told everyone to email me compared to Slack just so I can action it a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, for me, it's been one really productive. I've kind of realized that I need to level up my game when I'm in the office. Um, in terms of dealing with Ignacy and Mark, our devs who work in London, Obviously, nothing's changed on that front, but Matt has obviously had to step up to the plate and organise, obviously, with a big push of doing the office package now. He's had to manage that. Um, it's been really weird me seeing changes happen in the app when I haven't said yes, but yeah. I've given Matt the autonomy to say, Matt, 
what, I trust your opinion on this. You've been running the show for the last four weeks on this, but you've been asking me, do this, do that, do this, do that. Um, but to see changes happening, I know that Matt's the one that's been dealing with the uh, dev and working with you on the feedback. It's just been really, really rewarding. I mean, I came in the office just to thank people today as well. For me, it's just shown that you guys have built a great team and a, a kind of a great structure that, yeah, I can be out of the office and, and shit's been getting done. It's been... It's been just overall really positive for me to see what can be done, um, and everyone, everyone seems to have really stepped up, and I appreciate that more than anything because it feels like the team stepped up to make sure that I can focus on my family at the moment mm. um, and not have to worry about stuff. So uh, it's been really good, it's been really good overall. Cheers, boss. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like you say, it's kind of we know you're not there, but it's yeah. So let me flip on you, the, like the, what's, the what's drive in the office. It's it's. It's the same, so it's, it, we don't feel like um, we don't feel like you're missing. Not that you're not being missed. <laughs> that's that's that came out a bit wrong. Um, no, but it's it's just kind of as down crack on. Okay. So it's like you say, uh, O'Reilly's taking the leading leading the charge on the office package. And okay. It's all just hopefully working. Hopefully taking over. No, it, no, it seems good. And like taking over is an understanding. We've got probably our biggest release. Yeah, yeah, happening next this, week, and it and it still feels like everything's moving as it should do, which is good fun. Yeah, the, like like I say though, um, there's still the the back and forth via Slack and that, which as we said before, there's nothing like kind of getting things in people's hands. But it's the same with communicating that we get the guys up from London. Yeah, because you just can't be speaking to them face to face to kind of get things done. So I do know I do notice that sometimes. It's more just an efficiency thing that suffers because you've got to type something out and then you can't, you can't quite maybe give an example or words don't come across as well. So like Skyping helps because you can kind of speak to them face-to-face through a screen, but even so, it doesn't quite beat it. But yeah, other than that, it's, it's going well. What's trying to just remote, um, remote working. No, it's been good. And so, one thing you just touched on was getting it into people's hands, which I just want to kind of segue into. You've had a different sort of role this week. I'm mean, talking about that on the sales side. When you talk dates, we've mentioned that we we're just in the middle of trying to close one of our big partners. We'll give an update on that in a second. But um, you've actually been in control of getting Ionic View into the hands of beta testers, which I didn't even know you'd done. Like, I know we spoke about it, and I was like, this would be great if we could do this. Just talk to me about what's happened with that, what what the feedback's been like, what, how it's affected things in the office, because this is this is news to me, to be honest. When I came in today, I didn't realise that we have live testers, which is awesome. Yeah, so um, I, can't even, I can't even remember how that conversation kind of came around. That was it, because was, I was supposed to meet a couple of guys, uh, a couple of members, and go through the app with them. Excuse me. Um, but then we thought because people were so jotted around, yeah, it would be a hell of a day to and fro in, maybe not being able to meet them and things like that. Yeah, we've had a couple of days when we've meant to <clears throat> made special trips to meet members, and these guys are trade professionals at the end of the day. Yeah. It's work, time is money. If they need to cancel, they need to exactly. cancel. We understand it. So, so they're not. So unfortunately, some of them can't make it, or it's just that lack of a guarantee. Just because, because at the end of the day, and I understand, but we're only trying to meet them for ten minutes. They're not going to miss out on 50, 100, 200 quid's worth of work 
just to spend no, exactly. 10 minutes waiting yeah. for us. It's everything to us. It's not much at all yeah, to exactly. them. As in what so there's, there's no incentive other than No, exactly. So the solution to that was, because obviously we've got the beta version of the update coming out, yeah. but the solution was instead of kind of having to go out and meet them, was to just give it to them and let them play around with it and feedback what they've what they've found. Um, so what tool have you been using to get that done? So yeah, so we use Ionic View, which <coughs> I don't know, it, is that a common a common app? Like you basically download that and then put a, a code in or password in and then you get to download the trial, well, download an unreleased version. Yeah, it's because our app's built on the Ionic framework, so I believe that's oh, okay. the reason that we can use Ionic View. I might be butchering that, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Okay. Is the fact that we're built on that framework. They have a testing feature for that. There's another testing thing called Test Flight, which I believe Apple actually bought, which is another way to actually get it. It acts like a native app, so mm. there's a normal app on the on the home screen. Like an emulator almost. Yeah, exactly. Um but take it a step back from that, like who how did you decide who to send it to or what was the project? Did they opt in? What did that look like? Well, I basically just had the conversation with them and then uh, then I reached out. Like how did you like so we've got a shed ton of members, like how did you work out so it, the people. it was kind of it's based on location initially, and obviously the target audience we're looking for. Uh, um, we were going to meet them locally, and we thought actually let's go for local members, mm-hmm. but get Ionic in front of them instead. Is there any thought process on this saying let's get Ionic into their phone, and then if we need to go meet them later on, they're local enough for? Well, yeah, it's a kind of it's a combination because if we can meet them, and a lot of the the kind of these guys that we chose are ones that we've had interactions with face to face before as well. So we know they're kind of, they're good with the back and forth. We're not yep. just throwing out, Hey, can you do us a favor? And it's just, it's not going to hit a brick wall and stop. Uh, we know that if we ask them to do us a favor and they say, yes, they will, they will actually go through with it. Okay. So when, so, but just to kind of, um, I don't know what's the word, kind of just to make sure that they would actually go through with it instead of just giving them all of the instructions in the first place, I gave them the login details for Ionic, and then they would have to relay back to me that they're logged in. So a couple of a couple of people didn't uh, get back to me because again, they're super busy guys. Some people don't even check their emails for like two or three days. Yeah, I know exactly. So like the turnaround oh, so like on a, that, a two step approach, like hey, yeah. because it is it can be a ball like to get Ionic onto the phone, yeah. especially for for like non tech guys. We're trying to get them to adopt tech. It's kind of like tell me if I'm wrong. So here's, no, yeah. here's how you install Ionic View. Once you've done this. Tell me, and I'll give you the special code. Yeah, because the okay. the whole the whole process itself is it's it's not hard, but it consists of download the app, log in with these details. Oh, because so you have to set them up; otherwise, you've got to create your own user. Exactly. Name. So, okay. so I, I created an account uh, for me, but they can all log in simultaneously on that okay. one. So, I created that. But they download the app, they put that lo- those login details in. I just want to put a random hack in there. I saw the email address. I saw something come across. What was the email address you used to log in? And I am going somewhere with this. Uh, Harrison plus beta. What's the plus? It filters. It teach people like what this plus is. We, I think we you, both pulled this up. From you the know, same you show. know what? I do this, but I've never figured out exactly how to do it in my inbox. Oh, so okay. I'm, I kind of know fifty percent of this, but I know that the, the idea behind it is by when you've got Gmail. Yep. So your so my email is Harrison at gmail for example. Yep. Or if, Harrison at company name yeah, com exactly. use apps for business. So if I then put Harrison plus um, Ionic View at gmail.com, yep. then it will filter all of the email. 
So it could, obviously that tracks that email. It will filter all those emails received from that login yep. into what the plus whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's a really nice way to to kind of add smart filters to inbox. So obviously yep. you've done it at the moment to say, um, here's this. It looks like a unique email address to log in. Use yeah. this. But what you can actually do on Gmail is, firstly, you can tell who's selling your email address on because when people spam you and stuff like that, you can see it be like Harrison Plus, random website that I've signed up for because I wanted a freebie.com. You can see if they're sold your email address on. Um, but you can then set up smart filters in Gmail to say for every. Yeah, where, where is that though? I know, I know I can do it, but I've, I've never. Yes. I, I didn't know if it was just like a. Yeah, it'd be really boring if I literally fired the laptop and show you. You know what? Stop it. the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, no, I'll show you how to do it. It's, yeah. it's really helpful. Um, yeah, uh, it's to set filters up. So everything that comes in for Harrison at IonicView at gmail.com, mm-hmm. you can put into an automatic folder. Um, but it's a smart little tool. Anyway, sorry, I want to sidetrack, but so, yeah, so it was plus the, anything else. Yeah, so it was the two-stage two um, approach. So I got them to log in in Ionic with my account first. So once they did that, they would then get in touch with me again, and then I would give them the code to log in from there because – if I was to write out the entire process for them, it will put them right off. Yeah. But even just the initial process clearly put a couple of people off or they just didn't get it. Okay. But once they logged in... Well, if they didn't get it, why not call them? I don't know if they didn't get it, actually. I didn't check. Okay, so that's something for Monday. Like, yeah. did you get this eye on it? Because I think we've established, not this week, last week, that getting on the phone with these guys is crucial. Like, the business of this... The business of our business will happen majority mm. of that's if you look at our website package. The reason you can't buy online instantly is because we know they've got hundreds of questions and if we get them on the phone we can convert it because we can just get over all the barriers and we know that Fordy knows everything inside out, gets them on the phone, he converts it. And I think, just from gut feeling, regardless of whether it's on websites or a SaaS offering with our office and invoice package, it's this market wants to speak to a real person. They're used to doing business over the phone, they're used to speaking to customers about that. I think being on that's why I think you're a perfect fit for the role that you're kind of moving into, which we should talk about a little bit. Anyway, I am a view. What's uh, the feedback been like? We don't need to go into this physical details, but like, no, the, have they been helpful? Have they been woolly? Has it been like, oh, this button doesn't work? I think this... one of the one of the issues is because of what because of what we're trying to create, they can't use or we suggested not to use in a live environment means that they're having to do it in their free time. So there's kind of oh, there's okay. somewhat of a discrepancy because it's not being done to the activity that they're supposed to be. Yeah. So just to, just to explain to. that a little bit is like this is basically certificates that they need to make when they're on a job. But what you just said is don't go and do this while you're on a job because this is not live yet and yeah. this might be broken. <clears> so don't don't look like a dick in front of your customers. <laughs> yeah. Don't look like a dick in front of your customers because of our app. Go and do it the normal way and then go home in the evening and play with it. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. So I think, I mean, from the from the conversations I did have. <laughs> we just got our intro to the show. Just go home in the evening and play with it. It's definitely the entrance. <laughs> so from the feedback, because I did, I did get in touch with some of them again, kind of just to see uh, how they have been getting on with it. And some of them, it sound, the impression I got was that they were doing it between 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 jobs, between jobs, jobs. So, so they might have gone to a job, okay. finished that, and just messed around with it. But the joys of beta testing, a lot of them have been getting crashes or okay. time, well not timeouts, but it just keep trying to load and things like that. So, but I, I had to kind of say, look, just keep, yeah, just stick at it. Okay. But again, I think they might have been on because Ionic works. I this is going to pick up the ice, ice cream van. <laughs> Late for ice cream. It's absolutely tipping it down as it's well. It's raining, so. and the ice cream man is being very optimistic right now. 
So, yeah, so I, because they're on 3G as well, I think it was causing issues. So hopefully when they get home at night and try it on the Wi-Fi, it'll work a bit better. Do you think that's a big problem that we're going to face? Is the fact I, that- I genuinely think that that's one thing I noticed when I first tried it myself is that it requires an internet connection. Now, I know in this day and age, mobile data is more common than... Yeah, it's plentiful. Exactly. But, <laughs> but the, it, Sod's law dictates that the one time you need... He's <laughs> <laughs> just done like around the back. It's coming from your end. The one, the one time you need to, to do one of these certs yeah. will be in a house, in an old part of town. Like, for example, Ashby. Yeah. Can't get a signal when you're inside. No, not at all. You can't get a signal here unless we're on Wi-Fi. So... No way are they going to be able to get onto. I think the problem we're going to face with that is we're trying to condition our members and users to build this into their daily activities. Yeah. That's how we win in this game: is the fact that they know that they can do their quote invoices, certs, pet car payments, all this jazz. One app, buy us, they trust us. And let's just say we try and condition them to do it, and it works. The one time they go to a customer, it doesn't work. We could lose them because yeah, because it's an <laughs> it's a it's a flaw like it's a it's a major flaw yeah. and, I, and i know obviously right now it's not a priority but it's a you know deep down that that's it's gonna be like you say someone's gonna just log in log in it's not logging in no connection no connection yeah it's like, phone right. back in the pocket forget it yeah that's the that's what will happen it's phone will go back in the pocket they'll go to the van get the old pen and paper sheets yeah. do it and go i'm just gonna stick to this so that's going to be a big hurdle for us. Um, and I think that's... I had a chat with Ignacy about it about two weeks ago. And I believe it might be because we're using an Ionic framework and not truly building native apps for iOS and, and Android. Um, I think what we'll have to do as a business is if we start to get traction with this package, is it needs to be a big consideration in terms of going and speaking to initial customers. Again, you have you ever had this as a problem? Speak to new customers, potential customers in the funnel, do you know the people that haven't converted yet? Yeah. And it's like, don't... The, the thing is, when you get feedback, don't push the problem onto them so they can just say yes or no. Yeah, but fish for it a little bit, just to see. I think with kind of this issue specifically, though, it's it's not... It's more just a reliability issue. Like, if, if it works offline, then it yeah. doesn't matter whether the connection... Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. To, I don't understand how Ionic works. Can you make it native to the app as uh, as well? Or? No, so the way Ionic it works is... Wholly online. Yeah, so we kind of build in this framework that then gets kind of packaged into an iOS app and then packaged into uh, an Android app. But I believe what the way we're set up is it works... Um, it's basically API calls. So everything that goes into the app, when you load up your invoices tab, for example, it's doing a call and saying what invoices are in this tab section, and then it's putting the data through. All the stuff doesn't sit in the app. It's basically being fed every time that you load up the app. It's doing a call to the system, which might be a problem over time, because if we've got really dense PDFs and documents and bits like that, that's going to take forever to load and pull all the data through. So it's it's a good point in terms of, like, is this a problem that we need to deal with now, or is this something that we need to be aware of and let people know that we're working out? And I think in that respect... If and hopefully when this all gets bigger, yeah, does it just compound the problem further down the line the longer we leave it? Do, well, you, know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like if yeah. we, if, if we're building more and more and more, does that then make the task of converting it into a native app even more than, than it, something we than it is out. already? Yeah, that's something we need to find out. So um, my thought process on this is let's 
it's going live into beta next week. Yeah. Let's fish around to see if this is actually a problem. And then let's really actually sit marketing Lassie down and work out the requirements. So if we said, guys, we need this to be native to iOS and Android, give us a time scale. If we don't, we can't put them full time on it. Um, and obviously, if you listen to previous shows, you'll know that Ignacio CTO is leaving <laughs> at the end of July. Just knock it out. No, it might. Just copy and paste and put it into Android and put it into iOS for us. Um, <laughs> so it'd be, I think we need to work out what dev challenge this is for us because, like you said, it's interesting to think that every feature we build now might be making that task later, longer and longer. And I mean, from from who I've spoke to, it's never a massive issue. Like how, like think how many things you do on your phone that all require a connection. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, everything. I agree. Yeah, apart from a phone call that just requires cellular, it doesn't require mobile data. But yeah. everything else, every app that you use needs mobile data. So we're already used to being able to do things yeah, or not do things. But thing. like you, like you say, what, the day that they try and do it, try and fill in a cert, for example, and they can't because the signals aren't there. And all this is is a replacement for a piece of paper. Yeah. That's the problem. You're hitting it on the head. Is we're not moving them from one app to another. We're moving yeah. them from pen and paper. And pen and paper doesn't need signal. Exactly. And they're going to think pen and paper doesn't need signal. The app should And you know signal. how much grief we give you for your iPad Pro. <laughs> how did you get that? <laughs> so and it's the same thing. Like You've got to charge that pencil for 15, well, what is it, a minute for 15 minutes? I don't know what it is. I just... It's not something more, ridiculous, not but, but even so, like that iPad will die one day, or it will have five percent battery, and you need it to jot stuff down. It run, it will run out. Whereas, no, I never even thought about that. I never even thought the fact that guys, if you're if you don't keep your battery in your phone topped up, you can't create these on the go. That's so, such a, that's such an important thing that we never spoke about. And maybe it's maybe it's not something we need to worry about. It's just kind of like common sense. And if it, it's, and, it and if it is connecting to the internet all the time, that drains more battery. You put your phone on on airplane mode, the thing will last for days. Yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I know I know these are all just like little things, but it's it just shows how much there is to think about when you create things. Yeah, you made a really good point. The fact that everything we do now is a companion problem. Mm-hmm. Let's get the beta out. Let's get the feedback. But let's work out exactly what requirement this is moving forward. Talking about beta, talk about getting it out and get feedback. <laughs> um, that's the new opening. Pro <laughs> <laughs> uh, segue. Um, you last week you spent the majority of your time. I can't put it any other way apart from hounding people. Okay, sales calls, listings, getting packs across to them, and bits like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and just to give you an update, last week we spoke about a deal that we're in the middle of closing that you opened up through LinkedIn. Yeah, um, great manufacturer, big player in the electrical industry. Uh, the good news is, is we closed our largest partnership to date this week, five-figure partnership for the company, nice. which is which is a result. Um, and it just shows that it, we get the hound, we miss call, <laughs> it, 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 it happens. Um, but on that note, before we get into what you're now working on in terms of the, the, the app, um, one thing that I did notice is whether we're selling a listing page for 120 quid or whether we're selling a partnership package for 20 grand, the amount of energy and effort that was needed for each of them, for the right customer, was the same. And I couldn't believe it when I thought about it the other day. Like, you can be chasing someone for a listing page for 120 quid for days and weeks and months, mm. and set them on the phone, send them packs across, send them data across. Think about the process we just went through with this company to get this deal. 
one meeting, two phone calls, yeah. one deck, confirmation email, it's going live next month. And it just showed me that we could spend all day, let's just say we sat down and we just said, we're just doing sales this month and just selling this product. We just need to make sure that that product has enough value in it. That we only need to close the one. Or, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, and I think what it comes down to as well, is the reason that kind of hit home with me, it's I'm now concerned about the pricing of our own office package. Because we've kind of said, here's our core feature set. Um, where does this sit in the competitive landscape of things? Mm. We said, well, this company's been around for a while. Um, it does 6% of what we do, and it prices at this per month. This one does the other 25%, and it's this per month. And we kind of put it in the middle so it was reasonable to the market. I just think that's a terrible idea now. And that's why we've done the beta. It's everyone that's currently on the package um, gets it for the price that they've got it at now. But we're on the beta now because we need to do some price testing because we'd rather have uh, 100 customers paying us £40 a month for it compared to 1,000 customers paying £2, whatever the number matters. Yeah, is. You know what I mean? I think we attract the wrong sort of client. Like if we're, if we're charging too low, we get the wrong sort of client through the door. They're, they're penny pinching. They're always concerned and they're probably likely to churn later on. They tried it for three months. Didn't, didn't, this thing didn't work. Instead of calling support up and getting it fixed, I just cancel our subscription. I think we need to make sure that we're, we're there's just going to be a weird bell curve that happens. We need to make sure that we're getting the right person. Yeah, I, um, I can't, I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple of days ago actually. It kind of spoke about this, um, how value or the value that you create, or the perceived value of things. Like if you come in at a super low price, people perceive it as a budget product. Yeah. Uh, if you obviously you can price it too high, people think it's too expensive. But there is whether like people associate price with value, whether that's yeah. true or not. You know what I mean? A lot, many things, <clears throat> many things are way overpriced. Like Beats headphones cost. What, about twelve pounds to make, but they charge one hundred and fifty quid for them. Just the brand. But people love it. I've got a pair myself. So, but if you if you were knocking those headphones out at twenty quid, no one would be buying them because it's, they just they're don't see. They're just cheap. Headphones. That's a really good point. Actually, I've mentioned a couple of times. <clears throat> uh, Simon sent me an email the other day. It was just completely out of the blue, uh, and I don't think he knew how helpful it was for me at the time. There was this thing with uh, billiard tables. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hash the numbers up here, but it's along the lines of there was a new company doing billiard tables and they had a showroom, and they ranged from three hundred dollars to three thousand dollars for the tables. I remember you saying, yeah. yeah, I showed it to you. So it was really interesting. And when people came into the showroom and they said, uh, "Here's the range of tables. Um, let me show you the three hundred dollar table," and then they worked up to try and upsell them. traditional sales tactic, upsell them to a higher price. The average product sale value that week was about five hundred dollars. Whereas if someone comes into the showroom and regardless of what you think they need, they took them to the $3,000 price point and said, here's what you can get for $3,000. And then they worked themselves down the range to a price point that they felt comfortable with. The average selling price the following week was $1,000. So this was just saying start high, anchor the value as like premium product. And then if you need to move down from it to something, you can do. The problem that we've done now, we've kind of already got an anchor price in the market. But because it's just to members, it's contained. No one else knows about it. So with the beta, and I think our members, our current members who have, this might want it make sense to everyone, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but our current members who have profiles and have an all-in-one solution with us, I think they should get a better price because they're more, they're more, they're more, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. more invested, they're more invested in, in, our, in, our, in our brand than what we do. Whereas if someone comes in just wanting this fantastic app to run their business, then it should be a higher price. So we need to strip away all competitive pricing, 
sit down and work out exactly how much time this saves people and sell yeah. it on value. And I know it's kind of cliche, you should sell on value anyway, but we're not. I mean, when, when Simon brought, sent me this email across, we had a quick chat about pricing. We need to look at the pricing. I mean, you can send email campaigns and text campaigns through our service to re-engage your customers. No one else can do it. We've had some fantastic feedback so far. We just need to make sure that we're attracting the right sort of client, which happens with high-value pricing, selling on value, not on budget price. So off on a tangent, and it gives the people an insight to what our conversations are like at our desk. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, super interesting for us. And we, That's why beta allows us that flexibility on price. Because everyone that comes in on this beta trial gets it at this price. And we can gauge their perceived value of it exactly. as well. Yeah. Can pass that and, and like for the, for the first time, we've had dedicated line of pages about the office package for a specific trade group, which we think is the right direction. And then moving forward, we can test different price points. As in, we can put a line of page up with a certain price. And, then, and even if we discount it down to the same price, because these guys are in a closed yeah. community, a lot of them that says, oh, using so-and-so, yeah, it's not a bad uh, offer X per month they go or I'm paying this per month we, we can literally build five landing pages put one for £10 a month 15 20 25 30 and if they convert click pay put their credit card details in and say hey we know you've opted in for £25 a month but we really want to keep you happy we're going to give it you for £15 a month and then everyone gets brought down to £15 a month so on the same price but we can see exactly what price point they were prepared to pay at that makes sense yeah so we can fill the funnel up, put loads of people onto different landing pages and see what they're prepared to put the credit card details in. That's getting a bit technical, but I think it's a great way to test the pricing. It's crazy. I went off one. <laughs> We've got loads to do, man. Loads yeah, to do. And don't even get me started, because now it's the first time we've got the office package that doesn't require all the all the hoops to go through. And we need yeah. a show about why we actually split it out. Is um like you think about the amount of apps that you used to download. It's not as common now, a bit spammy. But where it says like import your contacts or refer a friend and it's like that. We can start doing stuff like that now because they don't need to be one of our elite community members. They're just using our app. I'll take a breath. So, yeah, so that was uh, – we got very work-orientated. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting. But kind of sticking on the same subject but a little bit of a gear change. Obviously, we're software-based now. Yep. I was kind of, the, the point I was kind of – I wanted to talk about was do you see software – as services or software in general, the future of if well, if someone wants to start a business, do you think software is where to go? Do you think there's still a place for other? To, like, obviously, there's always going to be a place for a mechanic. Yeah. But, oh, okay. So you saying but if you wanted to start a business, say, is is software tech? The yep. kind of the the go to. So if someone's listening to the show, so I know the barrier know to entry is yeah, kind of, I know, yeah. I kind of get exactly what you're saying there. Um, I think I think if you're listening to the show and you want to build, I think it comes down to this whole idea of a lifestyle business yeah. um, or a, a 10 billion pound business sort of attitude. If you want to build some venture-backed company that scales up and it employs 500 people and you're a brand name, a uh, household name, uh, or you want to build a lifestyle business, which means it's you and your wife and you earn six figures a year and it's enough to give you a fantastic lifestyle, but you don't need the 500 people. You're just happy to like build this, just you guys. I think if you're building a lifestyle business, you can build it off services, be a mechanic, just be the best goddamn mechanic, um, use social media uh, mm-hmm. where no one else in that space is, um, use different sales tactics, use tech to get new customers, but you, you don't need to sell software. Yeah. But I do believe that if you're trying to build, if you're trying to enter a scalable market now and fix a problem, the, the barriers to entry in terms of building a, a product 
it's so low now. I mean, yeah. you've got services out there that can build MVPs, um, which is minimal viable products for anyone that doesn't know. It's kind of the base version of a product. And the cost of hosting is so low. Um, platforms such as Odesk, sorry, it's now Upwork, Freelancer, allow you to hire um, people in, in other countries that have a lot lower uh, wage rate than in the UK or US. So you can get work done silly cheap by really great people. I mean, we've got some freelancers that work on some of our projects still. They're some of the hardest working people that I've ever met. I mean, it's a tenth of the cost of getting it done in the UK. So you can get something built really cheap. Um, and I generally believe that with all the tech that's available to build a business, you should be building something that scales. And it just makes sense that solutions now, look at the business out there, Airbnb, Uber, all the cliche unicorns. They're all tech solutions. <laughs> cliche. Uh, <laughs> cliche unicorns. They're all tech solutions because... Um, I think it's a generational thing as well. We're coming through. We can't imagine doing anything without tech. Like, do you see? Do you ever see that kind of changing? Or I mean, obviously, that's an interesting one. Obviously, because we're kind of having this boom of apps. Everyone's got a computer in the pocket. Do you do you ever see that kind of slowing down? I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. it must reach a certain saturation. Obviously, and we'll obviously never go back to really the yellow pages instead of the yellow pages app. Actually, but actually, spoke to Mark today. We're, we're trying to kill the yellow pages. I've, I've decided we're trying to kill the yellow I pages. Think they, I think they're nearly dead, aren't they? But like, they used to be about three inches thick, but now they're they're barely a, yeah, like, a, a leaflet. <laughs> um, will we ever stop using? You know, what I think it's really interesting that will happen is as a software gets better and AI gets better, uh, it will get so native to what we do it will actually free us up from looking at a screen. I'll try and explain that a little bit in terms of when an email comes in, for example, and it's saying, do you want to, you want to have lunch? And AI looks into your calendar and says, yeah, we can do lunch. And that whole communication can happen without you having to do it. And you have a pop on your screen that says, accept lunch next Tuesday with John at two o'clock. Yes or no. Really, really bad example. But I think as tech gets better, it will just do more things for us. Like, it will learn that I like a coffee as soon as I wake up in the morning, I'll get downstairs, I'll just be there. It will know when I've woke up because I have a motion central memory and whatever it is. I think what will happen is tech will save us time and then we'll start to use that time not in front of a screen. Mm. So I think the use of tech will just keep getting bigger, but it physically being in front of us, I think we're trying to get rid of the number of screens that we have in front of us now. Yeah, um, there's, there's definitely a drive at the moment, which, which makes total sense, but there's a drive to simplify every tech process like you look yeah, at apps exactly. nowadays you, you you only want it to be like two or three presses to get to the task that you're trying to achieve and things like that perfect example i can't remember what <clears> it is it's amazon's i think it's called cortana what's their alexa something i can't remember what it's called it's basically a little speaker i was going to say julietta that's a car <laughs> i think it is Bruschetta? A, I think, <laughs> yeah, that's my daughter <laughs> next door first door next door you're gonna kid have you um, I hope not. <laughs> you know, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's everyone. I think you're right. It's Alexa. Alexa. So it's basically like a little speaker that sits in your house, um, and you talk to it. It's Alexa. What, and it connects to your Wi-Fi. It's only Wi-Fi, and it's basically like Siri but on steroids. It's a load better. It's actually accurate. And you ask Siri four times to do one thing, and it can't work out what the hell you're saying. That's for a phone with a kebab shop, and it's booked an appointment for a florist. It's ridiculous. Um, I went to both those places in the last two days. In the wrong order. <laughs> um, so, like, it's just sitting in your house, listening all the time. So you say, hey, Alexa, uh, what have I got in my calendar tomorrow? And you, it will say so-and-so. And you can say, well, you, can you message John that I can't make it? Let's move it to three. It, it's always listening. So but it, it's not a physical screen, which is what you need so to So is it connected to 
your nothing Wi-Fi. But is it? But it is connected to your say your Gmail and your calendar. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, oh, sorry. I don't understand yeah, yeah. How you, from, from, from that example, I'm not sure how all the APIs and stuff work. From it. I'm not even sure if you can get. But it are they pinging account. to your devices and stuff? Yeah, so you can set it up and it can it can work with different devices. I'm not sure about the level of that at the moment, but it just shows that what's happening is you're going to have little boxes in every mm. room of your house, and you're not going to be in front of the screen, and you're able to get stuff done. Like start, start. I'm cooking uh, chips. Put the timer on for 20 minutes, Alexa. But, well, is that that whole that whole voice command thing is slowly been creeping in but it's never been mastered because it can't differentiate you between someone else when two people are speaking at the same time so yep. we're talking together and someone else goes hey siri do this if there's too much noise it can't differentiate whereas a person can see who's speaking to them. i wonder how many people when we go hey siri now i've got it but i want to know if that actually affects people that's listening to the podcast <laughs> i'm really sorry if it does but that was, no, i'm really curious um yeah so i think I think to answer your question, which was interesting, we went down this path. Is I think screens are going to get less, but tech will always be the base of what we do. Just, we're just going to be more involved. That was a nice synergy. Mm, synergy. Synergy. Guys, work. Hand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you say, it's, it's the same with the Google Glass and things like that. It's all. It seems. But I don't think that worked because it put another screen in front of your face. It's, like, it's because yeah, but you you fast forward until it's a contact lens or it's just in your eyeball. Here's a question for there's you. The, there's the. Someone says to you, uh, "We've got a bit, new bit of tech. You need to put this. You need to cut your head open and put this implant into your head." Will you do it? Uh, it would need to have been tested first. I wouldn't <laughs> be the first one to bang something <laughs> in my head. But would you like the idea of when a text comes, when someone sends you a message, you don't even just look at screen. It's just in your head. Well, I've I've said to you before, and I, I think that the far flung future of say a phone or a device is like an implant in your eye. And it's augmented reality, obviously, when you're looking around, you see things. But then oh, yeah, you yeah. don't have a physical phone. You literally kind of get the, I don't know where the vibration would be, because it, maybe it's plugged to your brain, you can feel it in your, in your side pocket where your phone used to be. You literally flip your palm over like you would be. Imagine you've got a phone in your hand and you flip your hand over. There's no phone in your hand, but you, you because of the augmented yeah, reality okay. and the and the feedback that it's connected to your brain, maybe somehow you can you feel like you're literally touching a phone. We're tangent to run off, but it's quite cool. Um, so yeah, I think screens are going to go down, but AI and voice recognition. I mean, Google's getting to the space as well. And you can imagine the amount of data. I Google's think, better than Siri. The OK no, Google. Did you know that one in five people on a Google search on mobile, one in five, as I said, a podcast today, one in five is done using voice. Imagine the amount of data that they're collecting. The thing is, at the moment, that's happening is you can ask it a question, but you can't do natural follow-ups. So there was an example the other day where it said, uh, it was something like, what's the capital of Denmark? And it would say it. And it would say, what's the population? You wouldn't have to repeat what's the population of Denmark because this platform would know that it would follow the conversation yeah, thread yeah. and it's not each one's unique. And once you can start having like a conversation with a machine, then it gets really, really interesting. Well, that that that's why I don't use Siri as much as I would want to because it just doesn't work. And and just like we were saying earlier about the lack of connection or the requirement for a constant connection, yep. as soon as I say, hey, Siri, find me this, and it doesn't work, I literally just it close it, unlock the screen, and do it myself because it's easier to type it in there because I've just wasted five seconds asking it a question, waiting for it to hear it, and then come back with... Would you like me to Google that for you? Absolute nonsense. No, no. The problem is that Siri needs a screen as well. Just to pull this in is how does this affect our business? Like, 
let's just say things do really well, okay, and tech goes down the route that we believe it's going to go down. Our mission originally, and it still is, is to make hiring a tradesperson easy. And at the moment, we're going down the other route. We should do a show, you know, where we just one fireside chat. We actually talk about what we do as a business because we've we've dropped so many bits in that it'd be helpful for people to know what we actually do. I think at this point, it's not self-promotional because none of our members listen to it because most of them don't use apps. We're doing that big. <laughs> That's literally the hill that we're trying to exactly. Um, but it'd be interesting. So rather than us trying to go down the homeowner side, sorry, Siri's active when you phone. Isn't it? Um, rather than going down the homeowner side, is we're going down the trade side and fixing it with a tech platform to make booking them in easy. Just to put you on the spot, like, if, if all this tech comes about, how do you think someone, let's just say downstairs we have a, we have a, well, let, well, let me, let me, let me okay. jump in and I'll, let me, let me attempt it. So here's what I'm thinking is I should be able to just ask for um, a plumber. So if I say, hey, Siri, book me a plumber for tomorrow. Not even doing anything. <laughs> what can I help with? Book me a plumber for tomorrow. Who me? <laughs> Question mark. So you think so, in the future? So I'm kind of just thinking this doesn't really necessarily change much other than automate the whole process. But no, it's really important. You say pipes burst or or there's something leaking. Book me a plumber, and it says, "Okay, I've booked you the nearest available one that's rated over four and a half stars. He's on your way in half an hour." Because they have an automated calendar system, and uh, the whole thing. I believe this Alexa thing ties in. So what's happening at the moment is again, it's a screen thing. I think we hit nail on the head. Is I can't remember if it's Alexa or there's a platform where Uber is basically built into the platform. The API of Uber is built in. So you can say, um, so in your calendar, for example, you can say, oh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Birmingham for a night out. Okay? Book me a taxi. And it will go through Uber's API and it will book you a taxi because it can do that. So you believe from where we are, people, and it comes down to the fundamental belief of what we've always said, no one cares who the plumber is that comes to fix it. They just want it fixed at a reasonable price by someone that's insured and qualified it, it, to do the job. It's the end result that they want. They don't want, they're not bothered. They don't even want to know about us as a company. They just want, it's this whole thing. If we're doing our job properly, they don't even know who we are. They just want someone to arrive on time, do the job. They can pay them easily. And they go, like we should be that thing that just makes that functional, makes that happen. That's really interesting. There's no screen. It's, it's, that, it's that. I mean, it's that whole streamlining that is the future. Like you say, to be able to just say, "Look, I want to." For example, let's use the night out in Birmingham. I'm having a night out in Birmingham. Sort it out, and you get accommodation booked within the price range that you specified. You get the journey there and back yep. organized. And all you ever said is, "I'm having a night out in Birmingham, and I'm staying over," and everything just. Fully booked. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a lot of trust that needs to go in, isn't it? Especially when I mean, it's, you're taking payments without you seeing. You physical. can set parameters though, so yeah, you, so you'd be like, my budget is this much for the whole thing, get okay. it all fixed. But that would again save time because if you know for it, even with a holiday or something, if if this is your budget and you want to do as much as possible with it, if something if because estate agents used to do it, they used to try and find you the best holiday, but they don't do anything anymore. It's far <laughs> easier to book it all yourself, but. The idea is that somebody spends the time finding you the flights, the best flights, organizing the um, the changeovers, transfers. transfers, all that, and you don't have to do anything other than hand over the money. And that's the premium that you used to pay. You say, I only want to speak to someone. You do the legwork. 
Yeah. You do the legwork for me, and then I'll just pay this price. And so the what point we're saying is, now is that legwork's going to be done by tech. Yeah, and, 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 APIs. A com- and a computer doesn't need to be paid. Okay, much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you know, like, and, and again, and that was why you were paying the premium before, because you're paying for that person the behind the time. desk to spend the time doing it. But if we now that Google can pull in flight details, bus details, and everything like that, once everything's connected to everything, then yeah. it's a far easier day. <laughs> so I just realized I left an opening question earlier. We spoke about what you're doing last week on the sales side. Yes. All this industry tick all the boxes. Um, we had a good sit down and we had a chat uh, before baby arrived. Yeah, just before. Just before, day before. It was. It was. It that, no, it was literally that day. Oh, was it? Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I came home early because Sarah yeah. thought she was going to go into labour. Um, yeah. So and she was right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she always yeah, will be. Um, so we had a sit down, and as a business, where we are now is. We have got a lot of data on the people using our service. One thing we don't have is the hopes, the dreams, the reason that people use our service, the reason that they move from another one. We haven't got that qualitative data. So we've got the we've got the facts, we've got the numbers. So what are you working? So I want to touch base on this every week and just get an understanding of how it's going. Um, and with the team, a lot of their individual roles will do the Martin-esque podcast about what they do. But because we get this opportunity, we should just use it for two minutes a week. Like, what are you focusing on? What have you been focusing on now? And then what? how does that translate into what you're going to be doing in the next few months? Yeah, so immediately, as in today, yesterday, and whatnot, um, it's literally been <clears throat> figuring out the process. Because as soon as we transition over to the beta and eventually up and running, separating the app from all the profile and that, um, it's going to be an independent independent thing that we're selling. So the idea is we need to know how they, for example, they, we need to know the journey that someone's been yep. on to find our app and start using it. So it's everything from why they use it, how, why they looked for it in the first place or how they found it, just everything like that. So we're kind of mapping out at the moment the key questions to ask them. Kind at of, different point. I mean, you showed it, me on yeah. at different points. In the, so someone might be highly active and then you, the keynote you sent me was, if someone's done this amount of stuff, we know they're super engaged. Yeah. Here's the stuff I want to know from this person. Whereas the person that's installed it and done F all, yeah. sent to myself, and that was interesting. <laughs> uh, at home, I think. I don't swear around the kids. Um, kids, weird. Two. Um, what one? Um, trying. <laughs> physically, I was trying to get permission to. <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> Literally both. So, um, she doesn't listen. It's okay. Okay, cool. Uh, good for you. Um, so different segments you've got different questions for. Yeah. And then one thing that we noticed is previously what your previous sales role was very siloed in the business. What does it how does this mean you're interacting with other members of the team? So specifically I want to know how your phone calls interact with marketing, how your phone calls interact with operations and dev. Go. Yeah, so basically like like you say, we're segmenting it off into kind of uh, engagement. So and what that means is let's say someone's dabbled with the app but they're not using it that will cons- that will mean that i'll get in touch with them uh to find out why yep. so that could be something like it wasn't what they were expecting or they've just or they kind of they don't know how to use it so if it wasn't something they're expecting or it or if the messaging was wrong messaging where so if they if they if they went in with the assumption that it would do yep. one thing, so the marketing messaging was wrong. Then we find out why he thought that in the first place. He or she thought that in the first place. 
and then we'll relay that back to Martin. So this is like a live session. So if someone says, oh, I, I thought it did X, but when I got in, it did Y, how do we know which part of our marketing is wrong? I know the answer to this trick way. So I guess I'll just ask them what, what made you think that it could do that? Yeah, and more importantly, where did you hear about us? Mm. Was it a friend? Because it's very easy for a mate to tell, oh, by the way, it does everything. Um, or was it a Facebook ad that says, hey, you can do X, Y, I'll show it on Facebook, blah, 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 then we need to review the Facebook ad. So we need to then get a layer down and say, oh, sorry, uh, it doesn't do this, it's never been able to do it. But what gave you that assumption? Cool. And then I'd go down the route of saying, well, if it did do this, would you pay for it? Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that, that sort of thing. And then, um, so that's kind of in regards to the message. If someone's been engaged and they are using it or they've gone and they've converted to start paying for it, uh, again, it'd be a case of, because it depends on what time time scale I'm calling these people as well. If, if they're completely inactive for, say, like three or four days, then I'll be getting in touch. But if, if I can see they're active, I might give them a bit of a longer window to kind of use a bit more yep. um, and then get in touch to see how they've been getting on. So it's obviously a slightly different conversation. It might consist of, well, first of all, it'll be getting feedback about what they have been using, uh, how they've found how they've found it, has it been easy enough. Um, then it might be, did you know that you can also do this with it? So try, try and enhance their current experience. Yes, yeah, because you've got all that data in Intercom, so we yeah, can exactly. see how many quotes, invoices, shirts, and bits that they've made. Um, yeah, Intercom's quite, it's quite good, but you've got to know... What you're looking for. You've got to know yeah. how to tweak it as well, which I think we have in regards to the segments. It's, it can't do some things, which is a shame, because I would like it, I think I said it to you before, but I would like it to be able to take averages. So if you yeah. if you knew that per month someone is this active then you can you it would be nice to tag them as highly active yeah people. and the thing is it we've got a difficult marketplace because we've got like different trade groups so you've exactly. got everything from an electrician to a landscaper a landscaper might do two jobs a month because he just jobs at two weeks so a heat engineer or a plumber might do three jobs a day and one thing i want to touch on which you said there which i don't think we've spoken about which would be a shame if we don't touch now in case i forget is the people that do use it a lot and convert we need to understand that there's something that's like our ideal customer. What we're doing resonates with that person. Yeah, we need to work so out what that out. secret source is because we need to like say, oh, um, it does these three things which save me two hours a day, and then we need to take that, and then you need to go and take that to Martin and say, this guy and this guy and this guy all said the same thing. This does X, Y, and Z, and that's why they're paying for it. They don't use eighty percent of what we do, but this twenty percent, it saves them eighty percent of their time. I've been. And go and put that into a Facebook ad so it resonates with other people like him. And I spoke to a guy today, actually. Uh, I need to relay that back to Martin. But um, his interest in the app at the moment was because of all the ability to have a customer database. Because at the moment, <laughs> yeah, all, all he has is a list of people. I don't know if he meant a list of sheets in physical pieces of paper or whether he meant like on a Word doc. But either way... Mate, some of the stuff that I've seen, like he's having to dive into a Google sheet or a Word no, sheet. It's just. I, I spoke. I spoke. Surely to they're looking at this, thinking this takes too long. Mate, I, I spoke to one of my members, and um, so their bread and butter is a heat engineer's boiler servicing. So every year, boiler service, same customer should be repeat business every single yeah. year. And I spoke to him. I said, "So, how do you know what boiler services that you did eleven months ago are coming up?" He's like, "They'll call me." <laughs> <laughs> what 
<laughs> Which they pro- they probably will because they, they like the guy, they trust him or whatever. But, but he doesn't know how many. Have no. So so we built the reminder function to our app, which went down a tree. Um, little things like that. I think yeah. you'd be able to pull that, and you're great on the phone, like not to blow your trumpet <laughs> in my bedroom. Um, <laughs> but you're you're great on the phone, so I think this will. Uh, I think you getting this feedback and then relaying it to marketing to say this is what's working, this is what isn't, this is a mixed message. Relating to Matt and the devs to say this is crap, this usability like. 20 people that signed up today couldn't create their first X because of this. And I spoke to them all on the phone and they said, this just needs fixing. Um, getting the feedback is one thing, but you need to then drive it home into the team because you like telling Ignacio, oh, this needs to be better. Like, Ignacio's Ignacio, but I'll add it to the list. He's going in July, so God knows what's happening. Yeah, to that's a, that is a hard kind of... Um, it's difficult because... It, so you get repeat feedback of something needs changing. Yeah. So okay, it needs changing. We're all in agreement it needs changing. But then it's like that process of getting it changed yep. just seems it just seems like a struggle. I mean, I guess what, that's what just kind of, that's just kind of the the we're a small team and no, that's a bullshit you, issues. It's bu- so you, but you, I, we I just need to change the culture of the business. We just need to. We need to be saying. We, we, we always say that we are we change what we do based on feedback, which we do, but we don't do it fast enough, mm. and we, we don't put the we don't put the onus on the guys that are on the phone. So for you, you should be the person that marketing listens to because you know what's resonating. You should be the person that dev listens to because you know what's breaking it. Like everything we do moving forward on this app because it's a standalone product should be from we're putting a lot of money into. Uh, acquiring new customers, put them in the funnel, get them to test it. We're going to put a lot of money into that. And what we find out from that in different batches and cohorts should be the only thing that the devs and the marketing listen to because it's what's happening in the market. It's not what 10 people that work in a startup and none of us are heating engineers think is the right thing to do. <laughs> like, I do, and more than anything, like, you need to just drive that home to the team um, because hopefully we've got floods of signups you're speaking to hundreds of people and we're going to get loads of data back in and there's no point doing it if we're not going to action it hopefully it does um just get picked up quite well i mean i don't i don't know kind of, i don't know if you have any expectations because obviously separating it out means that it's an open it's people can find it more easily yeah or they can get started more easily and just crack on with it i mean before you look at the process was a bit there's loads of hoops to jump through mm. before and we'll talk about the reason there'll be a show with martin some point in the future about the reason we, we've made this change because it's a big one for us um but yeah uh in terms of expectations on downloads and installs and conversions not yet it would be unrealistic for me um in terms of our ability i'm more in, i'm more interested in our ability internally to rapid response to feedback yeah. end of the day one thing is completely true is no one wants to spend time doing admin a service that saves them time is valuable we just need to work out how to pack it we've got it we just need to work out how to package it up what features it requires and how the usability side of it and that's purely feedback um, no one wants to spend more time doing paperwork no one wants to get paid slower these things are never going to change so we just need to make sure that we keep working on that. Have you got anything else on that list that we need to talk about? Um, no, we we'll just have a look at the old post-it note. I mean, we kind of we gloss we gloss through it. <laughs> we we've kind of gone through it all, and it went down the route of tech. It went down the route of tech like I was kind of expecting. But one one question I was gonna, if we had time, 
was uh, it's, it's noted down as random topic. And yeah. I was kind of, so it's going back to tech again. Was favorite current tech or future tech that might be coming out soon that you're looking forward to? Ooh. So I know I know you're a fan of Teslas at the moment. Yeah, huge fan. Do you fan. think pa- battery cars are the future? You seem oh, adamant about that. Oh, they're 100% the future. Like, my sons will never, ever know what a petrol car is. I mean, I'm, go- I'm going past a couple of Nissan Leafs on the way home today. They look, like, they look like the most depressed drivers I've ever seen. <laughs> it's because of the range, man. It's because of the range. Like, I think Kevin downstairs right now has it. I think it's a Nissan Leaf. Pretty sure it's a Nissan Leaf. It's outside the front. I don't know when you go out. And you're talking to me, it's like every other... Every other petrol station's got a charging point. Great. He's getting between 50 and 70 miles. Is that it? Yeah. Um, and and it goes back again to the limitations of things. Like, yeah, I don't want to be buying a car that I've got to charge for eight hours that's only going to get me to Birmingham back once. No, oh, exactly. In terms of what I'm most excited about, it's got to be AI. It, it's the... Like, it's making your life easier. Yeah, no, generally, like, 100%. Like, <laughs> if I could have something that knew that I was going to archive that email, you know what my archive button's like. It's running out. Um, <laughs> but um, I just, I'm excited about what AI, machine learning, and just, and I don't want to go down the whole internet of things and smart home, but to be able to have this box, like this, this, this Amazon box is the start of it for me. It's like just literally, the game's not even started, but the ability to just be in your home and just, get shit done vocally while you're doing other things, that excites me. I, I agree. I agree that being able to, well, I agree that going downstairs in the morning and my coffee is just off the boil is, mm. is a nice touch. But, and maybe this is just paranoia, but do you not think that it does open you up to, it opens you up to certain vulnerabilities like hacking-wise. So what's the hack I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel like... like you can do. Yeah, but, sure but because it's on your network, it means yeah, that no. it could, like, someone's already hacked through to someone's home network through the fridge. No, no, no. So, the whole internet thing, thing and how it... Because they just... Security. Well, that's just a case of them using outdated software and that. But do you feel... Do you think that it has the potential to make people lazy? No. No, the coffee is not. It's just convenient. No, I think if you're lazy, you're lazy, and you're going to use tech to be lazy. I think if you're motivated and want to do more with your life, then you're going to use it. Will allow you to be more. I think. I think it will accelerate your laziness if you're lazy. I think it will make you Mm. more active and more productive if you're generally productive. I think it will just bring out the best and worst of people. Um, How about you? Um. Yeah, I should, I should have really thought I hadn't had a... When you, wrote the, you came and posted that with the question, you should have... No, I don't, I don't know, because you kind of got me all hung up on the old bat, on the batch of power cars. I'm not... There's nothing I can see that's coming out that is showing promise that I'm kind of, like, excited about. I think that one of the solutions to this constant technology that we have is wireless electricity. The day that nothing has a plug because your walls are just emitting electricity. Yeah. That is ju- that's be, just a hell of a con- that's just a hell of a convenience. But obviously I know that it's not quite and I don't know what the safety of that's like when you've got your entire bedroom wall just oozing out <laughs> electricity waves. No, no. But you know you know what I mean like the whole like conductive pads at the moment are rubbish because they're even worse than a charge cable because when you pick it up to use it it's not on charge. Ah, okay. So it's Whereas, on, on, you know, yeah. when, when your phone, when your iPhone's plugged in, it's plugged in no matter what. Whether, yeah, you can move whether, you're, whether you're nearly a meter away from the plug and bent over like a hunchback, <laughs> or or whether it's whereas them Samsung ones on that pad just don't. 
You see that so, one charge okay. So there's nothing at the moment that's getting you juicy again. No. VR is coming out, which is exciting. Yeah, but again, it's, what's, it's not going to change your life. I, I think people will get lost in it. Yeah, I agree. But just one step closer to the matrix. I was listening to, I was listening to uh, Elon Musk about the other day. Because you'll be living in, uh, you won't know whether what you're living in is the real world or whether it's the VR headset. Mm. Um, which is super interesting. But I think I think I on demand services. The I'm all about like I'm all about this time. Like I just love services that. I just love services that work. Like just work. Just Mm. like the ability to just get things get things done without having to not worry or be concerned about it, but just. Yeah, I'm rambling now, but to be more productive. Yeah, overall, I think I think the future. Like back, like 10, 15, 20, 30, well, 30, 40 years ago, whatever, the idea of the future was this space age nonsense, whereas now we're kind of a bit more savvy. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think the, the idea of the future now is just a more convenient and efficient world. Like yeah, you say, yeah. like we've not got flying cars, but we've got very fuel efficient cars or battery powered cars. Or yeah, exactly. So, so, like, that's kind of the direction that tech takes us. It takes us into just an easier easier life so to wrap up yeah wrap it up Adam wrap it up what's the big thing that you're dealing with next week if you had to say next week's focus for me is X what is it it's finishing or nailing the just the the, net, the, the workflow that I'm going to be doing for the next god knows hour okay and, then, and as a company we are aiming to push this this service out so hopefully when we sit down next Friday and this shows commitment, the fact that we, I'm not in the office, and you decided to come around my house, bring the mic around, get set up, we've got a photo of it. Um, we are really trying to work on the show, because, I mean, we, sh- we looked at the listeners the other day, like, they are. I'm enjoying this, yeah, right. they're, they're I like it. So, for us, when we sit down next Friday, is, we should have pushed this out, or at least been very, very close to pushing this out. Is it 14th, we were saying? It's not going to happen on the 14th, because the certs and bits like that, but, I think the, the fireside chat's been forwarded going to be really interesting on that because it's going to be fairly emotional because this is a big thing for us. Uh, it'll be interesting to push that out and the whole team's behind it at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm probably going to be in the office a good two to two and a half days next week, probably mainly spending half a day here and there. Um, I'm super impressed with how the team's operating without me physically in the office. I'm, I'm on email and calls and this like that, but it's been good, man. It's been a very, very mad week for me. I'm about to cough, but I'm I'm, generally, I'm, I'm very tired. But uh, I forgot how much babies take out of you in terms of nighttime feeds and bits like that. But I can only imagine you you've had a hard time delivering that baby, ain't you? mate. I can't believe it. Right there. I mean, bravo. But... <laughs> so cool, man. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, no. One one thing I will ask you is: Are you coming back to the gym ever? Or you That's mentioned it. there's a gym opening up. The gym open office, but okay. Walk outside, open the back of my van up. I went and picked up. Oh, you've got it. I went and picked up some bits there. Um, All the gear, but no idea. Well, that's kind of your fault. (laughs) I I trained with you for God knows how long. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Did you, though? I'm still going to the gym. Yeah, no. No. I I, I went into dad mode. I'm getting out of dad mode now, ready for your stag dip. By the way, we need to cover your stag dip on this. We'll cover the stag dip, but you've just reminded me as well. Keep it in mind. Are you still in that boxing? 
Yeah, did you get a text I got a text today. I wanted to double check with you before I've I replied. text. Yes, I've I've replied. Yet, oh, I didn't know. So I replied. Yeah. No, do it now on the show. So I'll explain what it is very briefly. Um, and we'll cover this as well. Guys, as you know, who's listening, we were a really close-knit team and me and Harry go way back. Uh, one thing that we decided to do is mainly for me to get motivated about fitness to get rid of my dad bod is uh, we're doing uh, some white-collar boxing event, uh, raising money for charity. And me and Harry both signed up to it. So at the end of August, um, we will be doing a... Uh, you do eight weeks training once a week and we'll be doing a, uh, a fight we could get matched up against each other that'll be a really <laughs> interesting show it's so <laughs> fun. Um, but it's a fight big crowds um, very professionally well. well we'll have to share the uh, share it yeah, once, yeah exactly training, yeah it'll be good, good. and we'll, uh, it'll be great to do kind of a, a side show just to run down what we need to get all the, all the lads doing it as well it'll be great if they do it'll be great if they do it'll be, uh, if you're listening Martin such team bombing Martin better listen to this show. Even though we don't let him touch Of all the people, I'm sure Martin. <laughs> so this one's going out. So today, when this goes out, it's Wednesday for the listeners. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start doing this now just to let people know what's coming up. So we're getting organised about this. So to wrap the show up, so on Saturday, the show that's going out is all about the internship, which is me talking about why we decided to do an internship. And then we're going to be bringing on members of the team about how they got on during their internship and the reason they decided to stay with the company. I think we'll be giving good insight to how startups manage to hire good talent and the importance of retaining good people and then what you should put people through during the internship to make sure they're a good fit for the company. I'll just have a plug that now and we'll do every show we'll just talk about what's coming up in the future. We good? Yeah, good. <laughs>